What up, what up, what up? This is your boy Roy, and you are now tuned into Back to Center Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to life, love, and the millennial struggle. Happy Self-Care Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in. Of course, we've got a lot to talk about, starting with Astro World's tragedy. A big shout out to you guys for the 1,000 plus streams. Thank you so much. And of course, shout out to my mom. It is her birthday, but that leads me into our main topic, which is leasing lovers, because she asked me a question today, which is a part of this conversation. So go ahead and roll one up, pour up a libation, sit back, kick back, relax with your boy, because the show is going to get started in three, two, one. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in, but I also want to let you know there's a new way to support. Feel free to go into the description section of this podcast episode and click the donate button and donate what your heart desires. Thank you so much. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Saturday. This is your host, of course, Mr. Roy, and you are tuned into Back to Center Podcast. Now, before I even get started with this podcast, I absolutely want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And, you know, me saying thank you is something that I say very often, but there's a very important and a very special reason why I'm saying thank you. And the reason why I'm saying thank you is because Back to Center hit its first official milestone with 1,000 plus streams which is a great number, a great number to hit, especially with only 34 episodes and in less than a year. So again, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you, but I also want to do a couple shout outs. So we're going to cover shout outs from country to state. Um, I probably won't do cities because if I do cities, that'll take a lot of time, but let's go ahead and just cover the countries. Shout out the Netherlands, Italy, Jamaica, Brazil, Serbia, Sweden, Russia, South Africa, Colombia, Mexico, Venezuela, United Kingdom, India, Canada, Australia, Germany, and of course, the United States. Now, once I break up the United States, let's go ahead and start from least to greatest, which is shout out Rhode Island, New Mexico, Delaware, Tennessee, Utah, West Virginia, Oklahoma, Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Michigan, Alabama, North Carolina, Illinois, Mississippi, Colorado, South Carolina, Florida, District of Columbia, Montana, California, my beloved California, Texas, Washington, Minnesota, Virginia, Ohio, New Jersey, and of course, New York. Now, with that being said, the very last shout out I want to put, I want to put out is shout out Staten Island. I got a lot of beef with Staten Island. I think particularly because I grew up here, so I'm kind of jaded. I don't really, I don't want to say I don't like Staten Island, but I got a hate love relationship. And naturally, you'll have a hate love relationship with just about anywhere you've lived longer than 15 years, right? So I have a hate love relationship with Staten Island, but for all my Staten Island listeners and all my Staten Island supporters, I appreciate the fuck out of you. And I want to say thank you very much. You guys are about 50% of all of New York's total demographic in terms of listeners. So once again, shout out you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. Now, here's something that I wanted to segue into. And I wanted to talk about it because as an artist myself, I think it's really important that people get the understanding that we're not always in control of the crowd, even though it might seem that way. Usually it's up to the event coordinators, 
and the security that's there, right? So Travis Scott's Astro World. Apparently, and this is definitely something unfortunate, so I don't want this to be taken lighthearted, like I'm making light of the situation. Definitely is a heavy situation. And of course, someone needs to be held accountable. But I also think that's too, too, uh, what's a good way to say? I also think it's two ways, right? Like, obviously, it's important that the event coordinators and those that put together the festival were, were or was in control of the event. But I also think it's up to the event goer to take responsibility of, you know, being aware of their surroundings and knowing what is a good idea and what's a bad idea, right? So for those of you who don't know, Astroworld was a was supposed to be a huge success. And if you're looking at it from the YouTube perspective, I guess you could say it kind of was because they put this very like real quick rest in peace to all the victims who passed away. And then they put the entire set list. The set was for an hour and a half. So I don't know if you ask me as far as the show is concerned in its entirety, it was a success without this, you know, small or major hiccup. Allegedly, eight people have passed away from the Astro World Festival with about 300 plus have been injured as well. So this begs the question, is the artist themselves at fault for what happened? Now, Travis Scott is known for making people rage. He is known for encouraging the rage. However, I don't personally think he could be blamed for it. Maybe it's because I'm also an artist and I understand, but if I think about this rationally, I can't put Travis Scott at fault. And here's why. Because A, whenever these big, these big festivals or these concerts are put together, it's put together by a committee, right? Organizers, safety, X, Y, and Z. All of these people have an understanding that at some point shit might go south. So the question becomes, what is the contingency plan for when something like that happens. However, in this case, you can clearly see that there was no real contingency plan put into place, and therefore, what had transpired, transpired. Now, going back to Travis Scott, when you're performing, of course you want to be aware of what's going on at all times, but at some point, you also have to be led by quote-unquote spirit. And I guess this is where like all the demonic talk comes into play because when you're performing you need to be taken into that moment right like you can't perform and still be conscious if that makes any sense it's hard to describe that to someone who may not be a performer or anyone who's ever never been on stage but when you are on stage and you're giving it your all sometimes you're not always going to be weary about what's happening now granted we've had those scenarios that you could see people have used this as an example as artists being aware of their surroundings and being aware of what's going on in the crowd and having some sort of crowd control. But the reality is the people that are working the floor, working those crowds, they need to be aware of what's going on, which is why they get paid, which is why they have security on deck. They have EMTs on deck for when situations happen. So in my personal opinion, I don't think you could blame Travis Scott for this. Is he going to get sued? you damn right he's going to get sued, of course. But the reality is Travis Scott should not be getting blamed for this. Hate me if you want. That's just my opinion. I think that's how it's supposed to go. And a good example of this, I believe it was Metallica. They did a concert in Russia right after the Berlin Wall fell, or excuse me, I believe it was in Germany. My mistake. Sorry about that. 
Um, but yeah, they had a concert on the airfield with about 1.5 million people. It was being secured by Russian soldiers. It was, I believe it was the Russian military that was you know, patrolling the airfield that day. And about 55 people died and hundreds of others were injured as well. But I don't think Metallica got, you know, canceled or sued for any of that. And if I'm wrong, I would love for someone to correct me. Feel free to hit me up via Instagram at Back to Center Podcast. Also, while you're at it, feel free to go ahead and follow me too. Hey, it's a good way to go ahead and plug myself in. But yeah, I, I don't think Metallica faced any backlash for it. I think nowadays people face backlash for a lot of things simply because it's so easily accessible on the internet. Like you have a whole bunch of people constantly recording. There's cameras everywhere. So whatever happens is always going to be uploaded. And if it's viral, it gets traction. And hey, next thing you know, you're facing a gigantic lawsuit for something that, again, if you ask me, I don't think it was his fault. You know, he gets paid to, to rage. He gets paid to make music that people can connect with. And some people are going to take that too far. Like, here's a good story. I was at EDC Vegas. I believe this was like 2016, 2017. And during EDC Vegas, it was one of the greatest times of my life. Going to be totally transparent. I was on hella molly that day. And I was dehydrated as fuck. Um, however, considering I was dehydrated, I was fainting. I felt the signs right away. Like, I, I knew it was coming. So I made my way towards the back. And this is EDC Vegas we're talking about. So this was on the NASCAR, uh, the NASCAR stadium. So there's hundreds of thousands of people there. Um, but thankfully, everyone was cooperative. Everyone was caring. I made my way to the back, got some fresh air, got some water, and thankfully everything was okay. So I'm not comparing myself to make light of the situation, but I am trying to put an emphasis that at the end of the day, the concert goer still has to be aware of not only their surroundings, but also their medical status. Like, I wouldn't, if I knew, or yeah, if I knew that I wasn't that healthy, I wouldn't put myself in a position to get, you know, to go all the way up to the front where I know I won't be able to breathe. I'm going to be in a mosh pit and there's a likelihood that I might pass out or something worse might happen. I wouldn't put myself in that position. And again, this isn't for me to compare myself. God, no, I would not want to compare myself. And there's no reason for me to compare myself to this situation whatsoever. Um, but it's important that as concert goers, we're aware of our surroundings, aware of our current medical status, and also have our own contingency plan in case something like that were to happen. Like for me, my rule of thumb is to never go all the way up in the front anyway. I like to be in areas where I have that sort of escape plan. But yeah, that's something that should be considered for every concert goer going forward. And as far as being an artist is concerned, again, at the end of the day, your job isn't to patrol the crowd. I'm sorry. I know people want to put the blame on Travis Scott. Like there was this um, viral video of him doing the robot while apparently someone was dying in the crowds. And, you know, <laughs> it's, I'm not laughing at that, but I, it was a insane juxtaposition how the video was taken because it does show as if Travis Scott truly doesn't care. Um, but at the same time though, there was ambulance and EMTs there. So there was a break in the middle of the set. And I think for Travis Scott, that was just the way for him to keep his tempo. I'm not necessarily trying to defend Travis Scott till the end, but I think logically the blame should be put on the event coordinators and the event staffing, especially those that did not, 
you know, do their due diligence as far as making sure everyone was okay. Because no concert goer should all of a sudden become an EMT and start helping other people. Now, granted, obviously, it's something that you do out of the goodness of your heart. Any normal human being would do that. But again, it is not the concert goer's job to make sure that people stay safe. It is not the artist's job to make sure people stay safe. That is the job of the security and the medical team that is on site. And as far as I'm concerned, if anyone should be taking this L, it should be the security and the medical team that's on site. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Now, I want to do a special shout out. Shout out to my mom. Name obviously will stay disclosed. It is her birthday. The age will also stay disclosed because I know she's listening and she would hate me if I just blurted out her age. But happy birthday, mom. I love you. Um, And of course, as you guys know, parents always have things that they want, right? I mean, all humans do. So I was on I was on the phone with her today. I won't be able to see her today, but there are plans for next week. So that's always a good silver lining. But we were speaking today and I asked her, I was like, mom, what do you want for your birthday slash Christmas? I'm like, listen, just got into the tech world. I'm making tech slash entertainment money, not on like a major degree, but I, I can get you something nice. I, I, I get you something nice. So what do you want for your birthday slash Christmas? We'll put those two together so I could, you know, just be, just get you one thing as opposed to trying to get you multiple gifts. Um, but, you know, she told me she wanted multiple gifts anyway, because that's just what parents do. And she was like, I want two things. I was like, what's that? She goes, I want a Peloton. I was like, all right, a Peloton I could do. That's not a problem. And then she goes, I want a granddaughter. A granddaughter from you. I already have a niece. Shout out my niece, my two nephews. Um, but she was like, yeah, I, I, want a, I want a granddaughter from you someday. And I was like, do you have granddaughter money? Because I do not and I will not ever have granddaughter money. Never, ever. And this is a great way to segue into the next piece of the main topic at hand. I want to introduce a theory to you. And, you know, perhaps this is a theory that's already been out. Right. But I want to introduce the idea of leasing relationships. I know it sounds retarded. Like, side note, is retarded actual words, though? And this is no offense to anyone, not trying to hurt feelings or anything of that nature. Uh, But yeah, I know it sounds dumb, but hear me out. And this is this is a good point, because when I think about a lease, or when you think about like leasing a car or anything like that, you treat the car well, right? You know the time will be up soon and you do the best that you can to not only enjoy the car, but to maintain that car as well. And I don't want to reduce human relationships and human connection to a vehicle and its owner. But in some respects, there are some similarities and some parallels that are worth mentioning. So I've got three reasons why leasing relationships will be the way of the future and why you should start seeing relationships in this manner. Now, granted, people still believe in love. People still caught up in that Disney bullshit. If you ask me, that's what I think it is. I think it's some bullshit. But we'll talk about that and more once we come back from the break. This is your boy, Roy, and you've been tuned into Back to Center Podcast.
Maestro. Yeah. Sun is down, freezing cold. That's how we already know when it's here. My dog will probably do it for Louis Bell. That's just all he know, he don't know nothing else. I tried to show him. Yeah. I tried to show him. Yeah. 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 Gone on you with the pick and roll. Younger Flame, he in sickle mode. In the booth at the gate outside when they pull up, they give me loose. Yeah, jump out, boys. That's Nike boys hopping our coast. This shit way too big. When we pull up, give me the loot. Was off the Remy, had up at post. Had to in my old town to duck the news. Two four hour lockdown, we made no moves. Now it's 4 a.m. and I'm back up popping with the crew. I just landed in. Chase B mixes pop like Jamba Joes. Different color chains, think my jeweler really selling fruits. And they joking, man. Know the crackers some, wish it was a noose. Surrender retreat, we all in too deep. Play, play, play for keeps. Don't play us a week. Surrender retreat, we all in too deep. Play, play, play for keeps. Don't play us a week. This shit way too formal, y'all know I don't follow suit Stacy Dash, most of these girls ain't got a clue All of these hoes, I made off records I produce I might take all my exes and put them all in a group Hit my essays, I need the booch About to turn this function into Bonnaroo Told her I been, you coming too In the 305, bitches treat me like I'm Uncle Luke Have to slot the top off, it's just a roof uh. She said, where we going? I set the moon. We ain't even make it to the room. She thought it was the ocean. It's just a pole. Now I got her open. It's just a ghost. Who put this shit together? I'm the glue. So and said. Shorty face, Tommy out the blue. So and said. So and said, motherfucker. So and said. Astro. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. She's in love with who I am. Back in high school, I used to bust it to the dance. Now I hit the FBO with duffels in my hands. I did half a Zen, 13 hours till I land. Had me out like a light, hey, like a light, hey, like a light, hey. Slept through the flight, hey, not for the night. 767, man, this shit got double bedroom, man I still got scores to settle, man I crept down the block, down the block Made a right, yeah Cut the lights, yeah Pay the price, yeah Niggas think it's sweet, no, never. It's on sight, yeah Nothing nice, yeah Vegas in my eyes, Jesus Christ, yeah Checks over stripes, yeah That's what I like, yeah That's what we like, yeah Lost my respect, you not a threat When I shoot my shot, that shit wetty like on Shaq See the shots that I took, wet like on Book Wet like on Lizzie. I be spinning valley circle blocks till I'm busy Like where is he? No one seen him, I'm tryna clean him She's in love with who I am Back in high school I used to bust it to the dance Now I hit the 
Fabio with duffels in my hands. Woo. I did half a Zan, 13 hours till I land. Had me out like a light, 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 like a light. Yeah, past the dogs and Shelly sending texts, ain't sending guys. Yeah, he say keep that on lock. I say you know this shit is tight. Yeah, it's absolute. Yeah, I'm back with boot. It's lit. La Ferrari. Jamba Juice, yeah, we back on the road, they jumping off no parachute, yeah, shorty in the back, she say she working on the glutes, yeah, ain't by the book, yeah, it's how it look, yeah, by the check, yeah, just check the foots, yeah, pass this to my daughter, I'ma show her what it took, baby mama cover Forbes, got these other bitches shook, yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy, Roy, and of course, you are tuned into Back to Center. Now, real quick, I hope no one gets offended with me playing that song. I just really fucking love Sicko Mode, so I I thought it was rather appropriate. Um, But let's go ahead and get into the main topic. let's, Let's get into it. So, leasing relationships. Again, I know this sounds like an incredibly stupid idea, but... There's a lot of validity to what I'm about to say here. So I've got three reasons as to why leasing relationships is the way of the future. But before I talk about leasing relationships, let's talk about the current state of relationships. So first of all, we've got three camps for relationships, right? The first one, one I'm very frequent, I frequent this one a lot. We call these situationships. What is a situationship? Well, a situationship is when you and another party just so happen to be fucking around, but it's not official. There's no real title on this thing, and you guys are just doing what you normally do. Hence, a situationship. Or, to sprinkle in a little more of a dramatic effect into it, what you'll typically get in a situationship is probably someone is dating outside of their current relationship, right? So you are the side piece, the encoutrement of the relationship, right? You're just nothing but an order, which is, hey, that's okay for us guys. Totally cool with that. Now, the second camp of relationships are your natural, full-fledged, actual relationships, right? The only issue with this one is that in today's day and age, these kind of relationships are far more likely to fall apart when we think about them in the long term, right? So relationships going beyond like the five, 10 year mark, I can guarantee one of two things. A, someone in that relationship is not happy. B, someone in that relationship is cheating. So therefore it, you know, dissolves into a situationship. The only problem is, or I guess it's not a problem, but someone in that party is not aware of the situationship, right? And then finally, you have your third camp of relationship types, which would just be friends with benefits. Friends with benefits, another camp that I frequent a lot, is one of those situations where you can you can coordinate the stipulations between both parties, right? So in other words, you can sit there with the person that you're having these benefits with, that friend, and then you could talk about exactly what you want in this relationship to a degree. Granted, because it is friends with benefits, there is the likely scenario that someone will either have feelings for someone in that FWB situation or that person is just going to have feelings for someone else entirely, which leaves the quote unquote friend high and dry. Hey, c'est la vie, mon chili. Here's what I want to introduce. 
leasing relationships. Now, it's kind of like, it's like a prenup, but you're never going to get married. Because with a relationship lease, you can sit down with said potential partner. You can put the date that you want this to end. Because let's be totally honest, once you get past the honeymoon phase, a lot of this shit gets, you know, strung out and it goes stale after a while. Let's just be completely real with the shit, right? Let's be honest with ourselves. And to some degree in our relationships or our normal relationships now, we're just used to our partner, right? So therefore it's not good, it's not bad. It's just in this constant perpetual state of it is what it is. But realistically, who wants to live that way? So leasing relationships, it allows for honest communication. There is no hope in a long lasting marriage or relationship in today's society, if you ask me personally. So in those moments with a, or rather with leasing a relationship, you could be honest about what you want, what you want to get out of it. And you could also be sure and you can be direct with when you want this to end. Going back to what I was saying before, at some point, relationships get drawn out, they get boring, they get stale, and then the two partners are just used to each other, right? So therefore, with a leased relationship, at the very least, you can put an end date where both of you will feel comfortable. And this will lead into the second point, because when you lease a relationship, it allows for more enjoyment and less arguing. Let me put it to you like this. When you lease something, right, you know at the end of the day, you have to either give it back or let it go. So during your time, you're not gonna get caught up in the humdrum, all that extra bullshit. You're not gonna get caught up in the, uh, the itty bitty feelings, if that makes any fucking sense. I guess a better way to say it is, you're not gonna get caught up in all that petty bullshit, right? At least that's what you'll find in most long lasting relationships. At some point, you guys start arguing over petty shit like, who left the fucking comb on the countertop or X, Y, and Z and bullshit like that. When you lease a relationship, at the very least, you know it's going to end at some point. So why spend a majority of your time arguing? You'll spend a lot more time enjoying each other's company. Now, this goes into the third and honestly the biggest point. And this one we're going to talk about a little bit more because it ties into the overall message that I'm trying to portray here is... Knowing the relationship will end soon, you two will actually appreciate each other a lot more. Sip on that one for a little bit. And the reason why I say that is because relationships nowadays, it is the dynamic has turned into less of a I'm doing this out of love and more of a transaction, right? Like I do X, Y, and Z. You do X, Y, and Z. I mean, we all know the biggest conversation in regards to relationships nowadays are or the biggest question rather is what do you bring to the table? You know, you'll get a variety of responses. One of them I've gotten because I've asked this question on dates just for shits and giggles uh, was the response. I am the table. And then when you ask what's on the table, it's very barren. There isn't a lot there kind of puts her in a bad position. But hey, that's neither here nor there. When we talk about the end or knowing that it's going to end soon, we tend to enjoy things a lot more, right? Going back to that car lease, you know at some point you're going to trade that car in, right? And you want to leave that car in a good good condition, and then you hopefully want to trade up, 
Now, I'm not labeling humans or I'm not saying that we are, I guess, hypergamous as a species, right? However, there is some degree of wanting to leave things amicable or amicably, right? And in this case, we want things to end better than they were, or at the very least, we want things to end with no qualms. Now, what I find in a lot of relationships is at some point they they just burn out, right? They come down to their bitter end. And in fact, the end is very bitter. When I think about a friends with benefits, I think when that relationship comes to an end, like let's say, for example, you've been with someone semi-romantically and this person has been casually dating, you know, just going out for dinner dates, whatever the case may be. However, from a emotional standpoint, they've found someone that they emotionally connect with, right? On a stronger, stronger set or a stronger position than where you are with them at that current moment in time. Realistically speaking, there should be no qualms there. I mean, at the end of the day, there were already stipulations put into play, right? One or the other or both parties agree that, hey, if I do find someone that I emotionally connect with, then I'm going to go in that direction. No harm, no foul. However, in long lasting relationships, because you are expected to be there until the very end, people get taken for granted. People get treated like shit. People get cheated on X, Y, and Z. And, you know, whatever you could think of after you've been with someone for so long in terms of how you treat them from when you first been with them till who knows, like year five or year 10, you treat that person significantly less than how you treated them when you first started dating. And we all know this is true. Think about how many relationships you've had where you've treated this person like royalty day in, day out for like the first three months. Month four, month five rolls along, you know, start treating them like humans. And then at some point, like year three or year four, not saying you treat them like complete shit, but you certainly do not treat them how you were treating them prior in the beginning of the relationship. And this goes for both genders or whatever gender you associate with, whether you're male or female, at some point you're going to take your partner for granted. So this is why leasing relationships work because you get the benefits of an actual relationship, right? You get all that lovey-dovey romantic bullshit. But at the same time though, considering that both of you know at some point this is going to end, the two of you treat each other so much better. And this is true. I mean, I know this is a theory, like a leasing relationship idea. This is just an idea, but I believe it wholeheartedly. Like, I think if you were to be with someone, like you first started dating and you're like, you know what? I kind of like you, kind of want to make this somewhat exclusive, but I don't want to necessarily put that kind of pressure on myself in terms of expecting this to be something exclusive for a longer term than what it already is now. So what if we just did this for about three months? You know, I enjoy you, you enjoy me, we go out, we have some, have a good time, have some fun. And at the end of those three months, we could either decide to re-up on that lease or part ways. At the very least, what'll happen is someone will want to walk away a lot sooner. Or you'll want to extend that relationship, right? And the only reason why I put it in this perspective is because if there's anything death 
from my two brothers, my grandmother. If there's anything death has taught me is that, A, you have no idea how much time you have left in the future. And B, with those things considered, why spend so much time on the petty bullshit? And this is why I think relationship leasing is such a great idea because it's like, at the end of the day, and you know, honestly, realistically, this is, this should just come down to two rational human beings understanding that at some point, even as time goes on, you will get used to that person and you probably will treat them a bit different. The goal should be is to grow with one another, but honestly, I just don't see that. And maybe I'm being a little too pessimistic here. I just don't see that being the case for most modern relationships th these days, right? So when relationships, I think, are put in a quote unquote leasing context, that means I have to enjoy my time because I don't have to be here. I have to treat this person well because they're also going to treat me well during this time. And at the end of the day, hopefully I get to learn something about them and myself. So when we split amicably, you know, I'm ready for the next person. Now, what I, here's what I don't want. I don't want people coming at me thinking like, oh, realistically, I'm just hopping from relationship to relationship and there's no monogamy here. The ultimate newsflash is that there has never been any such thing as monogamy because to be monogamous means you have to be with one person for the rest of your life. And none of us are doing that, right? And if we're going from relationship to relationship, bouncing back and forth, we might as well put a time limit on it and might as well say like, okay, at the end of month six, we can amicably part ways. And you know, whatever I've purchased for you during that time, obviously you keep whatever you've purchased for me, obviously I keep X, Y, and Z. So that is my theory. I think leasing relationships are the way of the future. If anything, I'm going to start leasing some relationships because fuck it, why not, YOLO. And I think it's a lot better than being on something like, I don't know, Seeking Arrangements or one of these fucking dating apps. So I want to say thank you for stopping by. Next week, we're going to take a very deep, long dive into men's mental health and mental health crisis. But of course, for now, I'm going to let you go. This is your boy, Roy, and you've been tuned into Back to Center Podcast.